space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Hello, ha. And this week we're talking about the latest episode of Strange New Worlds, which it's got a really nice original series-style title, I feel. Lifters Where Suffering Cannot Reach. That's nice. Yeah, I like it when they... They go for the like, long titles. It's almost yeah. a remake of an original series episode. Oh, which one? Are we going to talk? Cloudminders. Cloudminders. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so a while since I've seen that one. I actually watched it last night. Um, like, I actually wanted to check that it wasn't the same planet. Right. Because so, there's similarities and it isn't. Okay. I actually managed to miss um, the episode title. It reminds me of the series, I think it was series one from um, Discovery, which had the worst, like the, the worst uh, pilot episode name, known, the Vulcan Hello, just <laughs> bollocks. But but they did have one which um, the uh, butcher cares not for the cries oh, of the, the lamb, which, yeah, the which bu- was the longest episode title ever in Star the, Trek what, history. Wasn't it the butcher's block? Cries not, cares uh, not for the. So it was even longer. Cries of the lamb. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. something ridiculously long like that. Yeah. But I was, I was reading it. I remember just reading that one, going, "Oh, that's very original series. No yeah. new title. I like it." So yeah, I'm liking the title. Um, yeah. I like the episode as well. I thought this was another yeah, really strong episode. Mm. Ooh, not so keen. You see, I I must admit, I wasn't going like you know I like Star Trek, but I just want one where a kid dies with no point of hope. That's what I mean. I mean, everything in every scene of it I liked, mm-hmm. all the acting, all the kind of like uh, the writing in individual scenes, but the overall plot just kind of like lost me a bit. So I was kind of okay. in a very mixed mood. I did, again, the performances were wonderful. The writing within the scenes were great, just as a whole piece. I, I didn't like the kind of, it felt like a bit of a downer one. Oh, oh, it was definitely a bit of a downer one, but um, that sort of surprised me. I was like, oh, they've gone there. Yeah. I didn't see that coming, but um, yeah. So let's get into it then. Uh, it, it's getting a bit dull recapping these things, because, but just because we didn't have it for so long with discovering everything, we start with the captain's log, which is great. We used to always start with captain's logs. And this one's a captain's log, and it's a captain episode. Yeah. Yeah, we were all yeah, wrong. We're going that back. Whoever's doing the log, it's their episode. Yeah, yeah. we didn't get our Ortegas episode that we were anticipating. Yet. But yet. We might get Ortegas I'm next sure week. We'll get one. Um, okay, yeah. I'm going to get an early doors next week, Ortegas. Okay. Well, well I think... And a comedy one, because to make up for this being quite a bit dark at the end. That, yeah, that would be nice. a light-hearted one. I think, I think our bet just rolls over. Yeah. Because we, <laughs> we all got it wrong last week, so... Yeah, we'll do we just continue guessing or yeah, take us until they do we're, Yeah, we're not allowed to change it now. If one of well, us gets it right, we can mix do it up. watch our channel, so they might listen to us. You never know. never know you look. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think they're already shot, but, you know, who knows? They're, they might go for reshoots <laughs> just to please us. <laughs> well, there's always season two and season three Absolutely. and season four and five and... Six and seven. I've got high hopes for how long this is going to run. I mean, it could do. The, interestingly, I saw this um, 
people sort of talking on one of the Facebook groups. So it was an interesting conversation. So they're saying, do you think any of the modern shows will beat TNG, DS9, Voyager's record of seven seasons? And I suppose they could do, but it'll be with less episodes, won't it? I was so, to say, I don't think beating them... I think it's quite easily conceivable one of these shows running for seven episodes quite easily. Yeah. But they're not going to get close to how many episodes... No, that's yeah, exactly yeah. shows there were. But to be honest with you, I'd rather they go for seven seasons with this number of episodes mm. all really tight. I, I find the yes. hit ratio so much better on these 10 episodes. Yeah, definitely. Or, well, well they're about 10 episodes. 10 episodes have gone to now, haven't they? Whatever yeah. it is. You know what I mean? Like, like any show which is between, so let's just say, 10 and 13 mm-hmm. tend to have a better hit ratio. Like, that's the modern way of doing it. I think it's just so much better. Yeah. I'd rather well, quantity than quantity. And well, I, they've, made, they've made the announcement, haven't they, that all of them are going to be 10 episodes from now on? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's right, especially when you've got like four or five shows in production, because that still covers, that's an episode a week for the whole year, so that'll do me. And I I like the idea. Sorry, go on. No, 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 sorry, mate, you were doing it. I like the idea that we can have different shows with different flavours, so it's not exactly the same thing every time you tune in. Like, we've got Strange New Worlds now for his episodic thing, we've got. Discovery Picard for us serialized. We've got Lower Decks for his comedy. We've got Prodigy for his kids' adventure. Now that's great that each one's got a different flavor. I don't care what they say. Prodigy's not for kids. I'm enjoying it too much. Oh, I'm loving Prodigy. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 my argument is always that it has occupied. It says it's for kids, but it's actually occupying the space the original series did for being fam, a family show. Yeah, so definitely. Yeah, yeah. that's a better way of describing it. Family and show. the good but news. Yes. The good news, bit of Trek news. Um, the good news is that we will get Prodigy when uh, Paramount Plus launches sometime next week, I think. 22nd of 22nd June, June, is what they're saying, but there's very little in the way of official confirmation. There's no official UK website. Um, yeah. But what I'm hearing is we will get all of Prodigy at launch. We'll get Discovery Seasons 1 to 4 at launch. We'll... And then the bad news, we'll only get the first three episodes of Strange New Worlds on launch day, and then it'll go weekly. So we'll be yeah, approximately yeah. four weeks behind America. Yeah, I mean, Elliot was saying that CBS are listening. So CBS, if you're listening, come, come. join me over here for a second. Well, we know the listen because... You might want to not encourage piracy. <laughs> you might want to not encourage yeah, piracy, just guys. Like, dr- by, by thing week by week, when you know they've been launched in America... You were inviting people to pirate it. Now, obviously, me, Elliot, and James catch a flight every never. week to go to America to watch the episode and then fly back because yep. we would never break the law in such a way. Which is why However, we always some unscrupulous people might get tempted when you tease them, knowing there's new Star Trek out there and they're not able to get it. Given that you're in a worldwide market these days, you might want to just launch them. Launch it to the worldwide market. Just yeah. an idea. And also, with your Halo series, if you know that you're launching a streaming service, don't sell it to Channel 5 so that you can't put it on the streaming service. In fact, don't yeah. sell anything to Channel 5. I could probably pay you more than Channel 5 paid for it. Like, do you want my magic beans? Like, uh. <laughs> I mean, it's called Channel 5 because it's a fiver per show. Yeah, like when they launched and they were like, we've got the first run broadcast rights to The Matrix. When are you showing it? In no, it was, six um, years. No, it was... Um, Independence Day. 
independence sorry day. it was yeah and it was about three or four years yeah down the line. Like, we, we get it first but not for several years anyway <laughs> that's by the by so that's our trek news anyway so we'll we'll give you a bit of a rundown on what we discover um, with paramount plus when we get the uk shooting season five this week yes it has yeah because um oh his name's Saru. doug jones doug jones I'm yeah shaved his, his hair he shaved his head yeah yeah, oh, sorry, he I didn't mean to gazump you. Sorry. He does it every shaves, year. Um, yeah, shaves his head because he says it's it's more comfortable than wearing the skull cap. Fair enough. And I love the fact that he does the um, sort of like reveal video of him shaving his head. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, well, here goes serious five. <laughs> Hopefully, they've had a bit of a bit of a re- bit of a reflection on what worked and what didn't work last season, and what's I mean, been working in the other shows. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. I was hoping they shot all the writers from Series Five, <laughs> but that was it. Or Series Four, but that was just me. Like the reality is that now they have got five shows on the go and five shows that we are mm-hmm. watching. They can see what the the audience actually likes. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They can. This is what they like. This is what they don't like. This is what they're saying about this, and this is what they're saying about that. And work on it. Yeah. There's lots of people in the uh, review shows online and all this who who I've seen who have st- like either traditionally watched Star Trek and have stopped or have never been really big Trekkies. And the amount of them who've said that they love Strange New Worlds is amazing. Like yeah. I really love the last <clears throat> series of Picard, but the popular um, popularness, how popular like Strange New Worlds is, is kind of like really yeah, it, kind of unprecedented for new Trek. Yeah, it yeah. seems to be a bit of a, a breakthrough hit. Which is really yeah. good news for Star Trek's longevity, anyway. Um, so back to this episode then. Um, we get the captain's log. Pike's been there before, so it's that classic original series trope of we're boldly going where no one's been before, except the times we've been there before. <laughs> um, weirdly, we also get an on-screen title, like he says. Wait, we're at the so-and-so system and it comes up on screen so-and-so system and i quite I, like that I, I i don't mind it i just thought it was a bit odd like we've not really you know, done that I before i didn't really notice it because they do it in so many shows now yeah they do but like my shows it, it it it's something that i've come to be used to in a lot of yeah. shows that i didn't sort of Notice it as being unusual for a Star and Trek. They did show. it in the Kelvin movies, and that's what it reminded me of. That's yeah, the first thing like, I, yeah. So I don't mind it. It's a little bit redundant, but then in my head canon, I've justified it as well. Look, they needed to keep the on-screen graphic people in work over the pandemic, so <laughs> you know, put us a title on there. And if that <laughs> that's the case, support the workers. Absolutely, <laughs> we'll have a title wherever you want one. Yeah, um, I just thought it was kind of neat. I don't know. Yeah. I quite liked it. Then, it was something I didn't actually... Like you say, Jim, no, you say... Because, like I say, I'm not used to seeing it on the other shows. It's just the normal like you say, thing. Like you say, James, now the fact that all I'll be able to hear is the fact that he says it just before it appears on screen now. Yeah, it is see, kind of redundant, but... I see, don't know, there was a chance... They, they could have done, like, a police squad joke. Like, he could have said, we're at the so-and-so system and a different system name comes up. It's like them cartoons where they speak and the words come out. Yeah. Now, uh, if they're going to go for police squad, I want them to do a police squad ending to the episode 
where everyone goes in the freeze frame and then like a cleaner comes on. Yeah, yeah. Someone drops a cigarette out of their hand into their drink. You know? Somebody comes on and reapplies Captain Pike's hair gel. Have <laughs> you seen that cartoon, that, that meme that's been doing the rounds this week? And someone's done their Pike in the chair and it's got the massive... Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've seen oh, a few. Hair and showbiz. Actually, he is keeping up with the original series ethos. So, you know, Shatner famously had his wigs mm-hmm. and he's got just big hair. <laughs> Oh, speaking of Shatner and his wigs, I saw an episode of Columbo featuring Shatner. I narrow it down. That could be anyone. There's two. There's two. This was the second one. This was um, when Columbo was much older. So Shatner's second go at playing the murderer. And he had a tash. And clearly it was a stuck-on moustache because it changed (laughs) colour. It changed shape (laughs) in between scenes. There was one bit where they glued it on, but... They'd only curved it on one side, so it sort of fit the contours of his face oh, on one no. side, then went in a straight line on the other one. <laughs> it was you think the at- producers were going to say, <laughs> right, okay, well, we're having Shatner back, but we can't possibly do that. He's been another episode. Aha, but if we put a moustache on, no one will ever know it's still... Yeah, he's playing the guy's brother. Well, uh, so we, well that was always yes. there, the trope in the 70s and 80s, and 60s things, if it's an evil version, they have a goatee. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I know we'll get back to like uh, this week's episode, but that's the one thing I did think when I was watching the um, sort of Amok Time scene at the beginning of last week's episode was I would just love one shot where the extra was clearly not him, like you know, with curly hair like they did. In, yeah. I, yes. I, I, I really remember like whenever I went to an action scene, Spock's hair suddenly went curly in a lot of episodes. Yeah. I'd love they, it if they'd done that one. They were really bad for that. And it, especially since like they remastered them in HD for Blu-ray and broadcast. Yeah. I was about to say on the TV, you can't hide it broadcast now. at the time. Yeah, you, you can get away with it. Absolutely. I can only say on 80s TVs I could. I remember seeing when I was a kid and I just used to love when I go to fight scene. He'd get curly hair and become fat suddenly, you know, <laughs> just to be... <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the sort of subplot running through this episode, the bit of fun plot, I suppose, is Ahura's training with Lan. And I like that Pike sort of winds her up about it at the start, like, watch out for lesson number six or whatever it is. Yes, I've noticed. And it's, yeah, it's this easy-going manner that he's got with all the crew, which is brilliant. Like, it's, I think he's he's my new my new animal silver daddy bear. I've got a bit of a man crush on him. I, I think most of us have at this point. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's if, damn charming. Yeah, if he's not careful, he's going to become the most popular captain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, God. If you could somehow do a time travel epic which involved him and Admiral Silver Daddy Bear, oh man. Oh, there's no, <laughs> like reason, the no reason you couldn't do we, that. We've said this numerous times, haven't we? There's no reason you can't have a big crossover episode that's time yes. travel. Yeah, absolutely. You can have Admiral Silver yeah. Daddy Bear, you can have Picard in there. Yeah. With that, um, the lower decks cast mm-hmm. appeared at the convention in. Uh, the uniforms, yeah. So and, and the characters were designed specifically to look like the people playing them. Yeah, exactly. I'm telling you, all you've got to do is have Will Wheaton come back as the traveller. Like he'd be a great yeah. catalyst for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Christmas special. Do it like, oh, um, yeah, like they did with the Netflix Marvel series, and they have the Defenders miniseries and brought them all I was together. I say do it like um, something like Flashpoint, how uh, yeah. the Arrowverse. Ah, yeah, spot on. The Arrowverse well, got oh, really good at doing crossovers. 
Or in um, the Book of Boba Fett where they just made two episodes of Mandalorian. Yeah, that was a bit weird. That was obviously like, like, sorry, John Favreau, we've only got budget for you to do eight Mandalorian episodes. Like, oh, interesting. But we'll we'll let you do this Boba Fett. Hmm. I haven't watched this week's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Is it uh, Mandalorian? Yeah, it's just the Mandalorian this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really weird. Like, he's quite young at this point, so he's not got Baby Yoda with him. Um, I mean, there's not one person who didn't see those episodes go, what now? Like, I'm loving it, but why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was just, what? <laughs> My favourite meme with that was where they had the bit out of um, Return of the Jedi where Han Solo goes, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, where? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so, the Enterprise is getting shot at by these little ships, and I love the way Pike sort of, after he shoots them, he just sort of goes, Damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he knows it's rubbish. Shields down by two percent. Yeah, point two percent, wasn't it? Wasn't it something, it was something like silly? That? Yeah. yeah. So I really enjoyed that. I was just like, yeah, that's not doing anything. <laughs> um, and then he, he goes a bit Captain Kirk this episode because when the the woman beams him on, he goes all gooey and schoolboyish, which I thought was was really was so good, good fun. Now, you know, I said about, like, not being enamoured with this episode as a whole, but loving the scenes. God, it is so hard to act like that goofy, yeah. like, because we, we've all had that one moment with a girl where we've gone like that, but it's so hard to fake, and he's just flawless at it. It's so good. And so, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Where's I I'm, I'm, I'm the captain of the ship now. I'm what not sure, doing? actually. What She's she very familiar. I've but... watched it a couple of times, the episode, and I'm going... Who is she? I've seen her in. I know I've seen her in the war. It'll be one of them that she's in everything. Um, I'm I'm really bad at this, but um, my wife Chloe's brilliant. Like as soon as anyone pops up on screen, she goes, "It's so and so." Um, Then I like as well that number one's reaction to all of this, like Pike going all gooey. She sort of almost becomes more serious, and she almost. Takes charge well, a little bit. She does bit. wind him up a little bit, doesn't she? Yeah. She goes, well, should I call you lieutenant? Yeah. And <laughs> oh, yeah, she was having fun with it. Like, they've got the thing about that. She says, oh, I don't recognise you in yellow, which is a, a good acknowledgement that last time they met, he'll have been in the Discovery uniforms, but also the fact that he's sort of right embarrassed. He's like, oh, no, it's, it's actually gold, you know? So, yeah, I love the way he does all of that. And... We get the not-so-subtle hint that there's something strange going on with this little boy where the guy's like, are you his father? And it's like, only in a biological sense. And you're like, right, it's going to be one of these weird alien society episodes. Which, again, that's not a complaint. It's it's fine. Then Do you want some of the the shows she's been in? So she's in The Flash, which I might have seen in that, Grey's Anatomy... Mm-hmm. Um, just, I'm just going for the hits. She's been a lot of stuff, actually. Librarians. Yeah, I watched that. Never really watched. Uh, yeah, of course. I, yeah. Kick-ass yeah. dude. God, she's been a lot of um, yeah, shows. I, I know she is now, straight away. As soon as she said librarians, I've got it. Yeah, where was that? She I think of... she... Was she in 24 at some point? I'm just looking. Uh, I'm not sure, but she's got a bit of a look of... What was her name? Renee from 24, who played the Borg oh, Queen be. in Picard. Um, 
4400 um, and wrong turn, and I'll leave it there. There we go. And just, yeah, a little run through of her. Yeah, I know exactly who she is now. Yeah. 79 it's... credits, not bad for a um, um, relatively young actress. Yeah. Uh, then Dr. Mabenga reading his book to his daughter. Now, she says, oh, you've read me this bit before, and I discovered the reason why, because when he puts that book away, he don't put a bookmark in. And it's like, <laughs> you need you need to be using a bookmark, Mabenga. This has clearly become a problem. Yeah. And Also, if she's getting beamed down mid-sentence, surely, like, each time she comes back, it's like, why did you suddenly stop what you were saying? Yeah. Like, it was midway through talking to her. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And it's like, oh, I've done it so it's less disruptive. Like, I, I thought it'd be more disruptive not knowing yeah. when you're going to be beamed up. But um, who knows? Who knows? Maybe, like, when you get beamed up, it feels like you're going to sleep or something. So she don't know. I don't know. Um, then <laughs> I like the the kid's father, the doctor guy from the alien planet. When he comes in and he's sort of really sniffy about sick bays like oh you call this an up-to-date yeah. medical facility like we've got no diseases at all mate you know i won't imdb him but he I, him i recognize from quite a few things as well really great actor um yeah really he does this really lovely slightly awkward performance yeah like which is really yeah, yeah and just a little off kilter at first i think it's implied oh he's gonna be a bad guy like he 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 dismisses his son like oh only in a biological way and you get the sense oh is he gonna be like he hates his son and it's a weird society where the you know the parents don't care for the children of course it turns out quite the opposite by the time we get to the end of the episode but i think yeah it, i like that misdirect yeah at this point they're playing him were meant to be a bit unsure about him i think and then there's the crash ship and they find the weird device thing, which looks kind of like that game that Wesley had in that episode. Um, and this coin, which ties in and everything. Um, yeah, it's a medal that only that they never lose. And... Yeah. And yeah, so I'm not quite sure how that works out later on. So is it is it implied that that guy lost his coin and replaced it, and that's why it looks a bit? Yeah, I think yeah, the idea is yeah, he hasn't he got, got a genuine coin. Ah, right, okay. <coughs> that's why she was going. Oh, it, he's going. Oh, it must have got damaged in this thing, uh, but it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Show me again because it was a fake. So he got a knockoff, right? That yeah. makes sense. I like Spock sort of bonding with the kid because the kid's obviously really, really clever. Well, the kid's a genius, isn't it? Yeah. He's and, hyper, hyper intelligent. And he's saying, well, you, yes. could, you could set up your own and, subspace and network. And this is actually part of the tragedy of this episode is how intelligent this kid is. Yeah. But May then... I also throw into the mix for that one that Spock, playing it that he's enamoured with the kid but without any emotion. I thought yeah. lovely, very, yeah. very Vulcan-like. Yeah, I like these Vulcan moments. I don't mind if you do a mix of him having more human moments because it's early on in his journey and some Vulcan moments, but I think I need a few more of these. If they did it that way, I think I'd take to a bit more, just personally. Yeah, it's moments like this he, he feels that he's most Spock-like. Because yeah. he, like, when he says, um, oh, well, I'm sure you could do that, but Dr. Mabenga probably wouldn't be happy, you know, when he's yeah. talking yeah. about if you it's rebooted like a, it all. Oh, if you did that, that would be quite something, you know, like he comes yeah. in the kid on the, on the scientific yeah. achievement. It's so Spock. It's really yeah, I could, I could make this into a subspace transmitter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which plays into later on in the episode. It does, indeed. And... 
So then, yeah, then we get that bit with the coin and everything. And this is another one of those where when you watch it the second time and you know more sort of what's going on, like, she kills him pretty quickly. It's almost like she kills him because she don't want him talking to Pike and explaining what's going on. You know, you watch it and you're like, yeah, okay, self-defense. I can see it. But also you're like, hmm, yeah. did she have to go that far or... That's what yeah. I thought, anyway. No, no, I agree. I'm sorry. I agree, but I just didn't have anything to add to it. No, yes. no, no. I agree. You totally. don't have to. It's fine. And that was awesome. Then we get the return of Lieutenant Kirk, which I know there's been people online... <coughs> Excuse me. Um, hay fever. Okay, I've got it. Yeah. So we get Lieutenant Kirk. People online have been saying, where's Lieutenant Kirk? He hasn't been in a couple of episodes. Like, well, he's a guest star. He's not one of the main guys but anyway it's nice for him to check in and he has a bit of a chat with the horror and everything it's all about this rules of security thing i like i like that the not directly but they are ascribing sort of a comical side to lan now like i don't think she finds it funny at all that she's got these rules and she probably thinks this is the most sensible way of training everybody up and everything yeah. but i like the fact that we're sort of getting humor by proxy that everybody knows she's got all these rules and they're a bit yeah. crazy and everything so I, I did love it. it was that first moment with uh, her it was like um did you have a nice break actually yes it was very refreshing you don't get breaks in security <laughs> like it was really nice yeah. <laughs> and her was so innocently going yeah i had a lovely time how sweet of you to ask yeah She's still very young, very much yeah, a cadet. Yeah, I love that. It, it really feels like a really lovely shade on her because when we get to later series, wherever you do see her like uh, featured, she's always kind of quite sassy, quite in control of things. Yeah. Like she knows who she is. So it's it's about the journey to her getting there. That's yeah. actually really well written. Yeah. I do like that they're showing the cadet on her as a cadet. And as a yeah. cadet, she's got to serve in every department to get some experience. Yeah, it's different. But she's, not just, she's there to get experience with a starship. And part of that is, yeah, you might want to be on the bridge as a command officer, but you've got to know what all the other little bits do. Yeah. yeah it's but more... even by her as, sorry, as becoming the um, her from the Kelvin timeline. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's more sort of in line with what we see in Lower Decks. Um, whereas, like, with Tilly, they were very clear that she's on the command track and she's been fast-tracked well, and everything. Well, she was also an ensign. She wasn't a cadet. Well, she it? started as a cadet right at the beginning and then they made her an mm. ensign at the end of Season 1. Um, oh, did they? Okay, yeah, they did. That. Yeah, she was a cadet ah. to begin with. You see, that's how far we've come. Um, oh. But now she's a teacher. There you go. That's how quick it goes when you jump 900 years. Um... <laughs> Pike then gets his end away. And people are saying, oh, he's just like Captain Kirkland. Yeah, no. I mean, to well, be fair. Two out, of, two, two out of six episodes, so it's yeah. 33% of the time. I think Pike that's, gets his end away. I think that's I a think better that, hit I think rate. this might actually be a bigger percentage than Kirk. I think it probably <laughs> is, yeah. If you look at up to episode six of... TOS, I, I think my, I bet Kirk had kissed more women by this point, but but we know that Pike. Yeah, but Pike just goes straight in. Right, it seems like and also, he does. 
You've got Bob, to give where, what's Kirk, that? <laughs> you've got to give Kirk the uh, 60s filter thing as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, in Have the a... 60s, you couldn't have shown him getting his end away. It was all implied. Every time he kissed, you know he... Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Fondled the young lady in question. What was it? Like, going back to the Cloudminders, I was watching it again, and there's a part where he's lying in bed, and she comes in to assassinate him. Mm-hmm. And he fights her off, and uh, he's got a pin down, and she's like, get you in and all ice. And he goes, oh, actually, I'm quite enjoying myself. Oh dear! Yeah, so you no, won't get away with that now. <laughs> it, it's in in these in, in like original Star Trek in all these kind of shows from the sixties and in James Bond and stuff. It's when you watch those old shows, it's like as soon as an assassin has the kind of like male counterpart on top of them, then suddenly they forget their assassin and fall in love. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. assassins are so weakly trained yeah. when they're women. I was like going to say it's very James Bond, isn't it? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Very, um, it's, or yeah, it's a, it's a trope that was you could use back then. Yes. You can't get you couldn't do it. No, now. from twenty twenty two eyes it's very rapey. So um <laughs> yeah. but anyway. Well, spade, spade. But with Pike it's all consensual. Now yeah. this is where we need to talk about his hair again because we get the post coital scene and his hair is still immaculate. So I don't what, care. What? I don't care. Every scene just have Pike's hair immaculate. Yep. I'm happy. But yep. what That's I was going to say is whatever gel he's using is... In 23rd century. Yeah. Yeah, so, 23rd yeah, century hair products. Well, yeah, I mean, whatever it is, is brilliant. Bring back into shape. Whatever you do. Yeah. So, yeah, very impressed with that. They, that in fact, they should sell Captain Pike hair this gel. This is L'Oreal for men, 2020. Yeah. 23. That's it, Paramount, worth it in the future. Paramount CBS, they need to start selling Captain Pike hair gel, Captain Pike brill cream. Um, Do you know, the, the only thing I'm going to add to this bedroom scene is because just where we're make the, making the comparison with uh, Kirk. I remember like a little while ago, there was a rumour that if Kirk appears in Strange New Worlds, he's going to have a gay love interest. And I'm like, yeah, I'd buy it. I reckon Kirk just fucked anything that walked. Right? I didn't think it mattered too much to him. Like, different species weren't a problem, so different genders, yeah. I think, to be fair, like, I I don't know, but I think somebody made that up to try and make I people think, angry. Oh, I think so. But yeah. I'm just I, saying, if I'd you did very, I, I'd be very annoyed with it. Not because it's a gay scene, or, but because you're doing it to Captain Kirk because he's never been portrayed as gay. Yeah, it would. No, but again, I just imagine he screwed anything removed, which in the 60s you couldn't have shown a man with another man. Like, as it was, you had a kind of... Uh, God, the the world having a meltdown because he dared to kiss a black woman, you know. So a gay love affair would never have happened. No, it wouldn't. But uh, well, we'll see. I have a feeling that was all just made up. But um, yeah. And then this is becoming a bit of a repeated thing with Pike. Like it's almost like have you ever watched the how it should have ended where they the it's an animated thing and if you're not seen it, Google it. It's great. And basically, they take films and they do an animation of what could have happened at the end of the film, and it's all done for laughs. And whenever they do superhero films, it always ends up with Superman and Batman sat in a cafe having a chat. And <laughs> one of the things that always comes out is that Batman tells everybody his secret identity, particularly women, as a sort of a come-on line, like, you know, do you want to know my secret identity? And I'm getting a bit of this with Pike now, like, do you want to know my secret? 
And he, <laughs> it's like, you know, first you episode. Do you mean he's playing for pity sex? No, because he's already done the deed, but he tells her after anyway, you know. But, <laughs> you know, that first episode, we had Captain April, and it was like, what's bothering you, Chris? And he's like, it's classified, and uh, you know, it's even classified from you. But then, since then, he's pretty much told at least one person an episode that he's, he's had the... And I suppose, if you squint, you can say, well... As long as he doesn't say how he came by this knowledge of the future, mm. and he, he doesn't mention that he was on a mission with Discovery and blah, 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 blah. But it is becoming a bit of a thing that he, it's not that much of a secret, Pike. You know, I, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me if the crew were all talking about it because you're, you're telling a lot of people about this thing in the future. And obviously it does play into this episode because there's... It's almost like in Voyager where we had them episodes where it's like, we've got the technology to send you home, but you'd have to break the Prime Directive to do it. And it, it's kind of like that with this. It's like we could potentially cure you of what happens yeah. to you, but we're going to put an obstacle there that prevents you from doing it. So a bit... It just reminded me a bit of, um, now you say it, of um, the last episode of The IT Crowd where Matt Berry's on Secret Millionaire and every time he gets to bed, it's like, excuse me, sorry, I want an episode of Secret Millionaire. <laughs> May I your club? And he's dressed in his homeless outfit, but he's riding a limo and he's got champagne. I love Matt he Berry. He just tells like, everyone. He's one of them so guys who... So good. He, he could say anything and it'd be funny. Whatever, whatever he says, whatever he does, is just hilarious. I love Matt yeah. Berry. Um, so... Ahura then works out that these guys who attack them are actually from the same species and blah, blah, blah. It's a little bit like in Star Trek Insurrection where they're like, oh, we've worked out that the Baku and the Sun are yeah. actually... Yeah. And then it looks like the dad's doing a runner with the kid and it looks like he beams him off the ship to this other ship which blows up. Um, but he didn't. And I like the fact that Pike's annoyed about it. He's like, I want someone to explain to me how they managed to beam someone off my ship, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you get that undercurrent that actually he's really pissed off about this because yeah. it's like... Someone that explain how this just happened. Yeah. Yeah, and as the, the transporter chief is like, why do you beam off? I didn't do it, jeez. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> loses his skill a little bit, yeah. <laughs> That was great. They did make it look like a Federation transporter, though, to be fair. Yeah, like, and uh, the, the sound. Yeah, they, they did a good job of trying to stick, because they didn't have to do that. But they're obviously like, you know what, I don't like that transporter, Chief, when we beamed on, we're going to well, stitch you I, up. Well, I think it was the dad who used, he used the transport spotter internally. Yeah. So he has actually used the Enterprise right. transporters. Yeah, ah, that, that makes sense, sense. yeah. The one thing, though, that... Oh, sorry, have we skipped over the bit where the kid gets Dr. Mbenga's... Oh, yeah, sorry, and... yes. There's that bit, isn't there? Sorry, just because I particularly... That was one bit, which I kind of like, but at the same time, I was saying it's like... But the, the daughter, every time they've shown her coming out of the transport, like, was only a couple of times to talk to Dr. Mbenga. Mm -hmm. She always seems pretty happy about it, and she suddenly gets like, but I was having fun, as if she never has fun, usually. Well, it's because... And I don't feel like they've... It's because in between the last episode, he's read her that same chapter about eight times, yeah. so she's starting to get really annoyed with it now. 
Well, I don't know. I just get the feeling that she just seemed well, pretty happy with a lot. Like she just seemed well, happy with probably, bedtime stories. Well, it, it does. It does make sense because she's a young child, and it's the first time in we don't know how long that she's playing with another child. Well, that's the thing. It's like the impression which I got like, from the, the dialogue like, they've used so far is that she's, from her perspective, only been transporter mm. for like a couple of stories, basically. Yeah, that's her. what I thought. But yeah. It, it's probably like any child as well. Like they're doing stuff with the parents, and the parents think they're having a great time. Mm. And then the mate comes round, and it's like, right, see, you, this is boring. That's true enough. That one I'll buy. But I, I, the way they've that's certainly a, scripted that's it, a, that's a. I, I've got this as being a not portraying a normal child when they're playing with no, another fair, child. It's fair. like it's just if they're trying to say she was, fun. if they're trying to and say I, she was incontent with the kind of like. No, I think it's just child. But I get what you're saying now. Yeah, that, that I think it, I think that's just the child playing with another child. Oh, I was having fun. No, that's fair. I that's liked fair. the space age hopscotch grid that he I, put I, on I the I liked how he went. Um, don't worry, I've made this out of inert gases, so it's not it won't happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost a bit too clever for his own good, that kid. You know, a bit. But like I said, this is the tragedy of this episode. <laughs> Well, I know so they, they've, they've sort of implied a time limit on themselves now because I feel like Willow, Willow was very uh, in love with this. Got strong opinions oh, yeah. on this, but Willow, I'm telling him if you'll just be quiet for a second. Willow wanted to say that I did. I did feel like when he said it's like, oh, you'll be out soon. I feel like that scene and how he saw her enjoying himself with the other kid, herself with the other kid. I feel like has put a kind of time limit on him to do it. So. I feel yeah. like this storyline's going to move on because otherwise, yeah, he's just mean now because <laughs> they've yeah. shown like he feels guilty because she can't play with other kids and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's the thing that, like, she, to all intents and purposes, won't age unless this goes on for a ridiculous yeah, amount of gonna, time. Yeah, she's only going to age by every time. Yeah. That she's outside the transport. But, but yeah, he wants to, <laughs> to get it done. Um. So this is where we, we get sort of to the twists and turns and wrapping up and everything. So the kid's not dead. He's still on the Enterprise. And this is where you think, oh, they're actually trying to save him from something. It's not as yeah, it's not as clean cut as we thought. And turns out they're actually sacrificing him to power... What? the Well, not power the planet, but they... They say that the planet's like lava and things like that, don't they? And then they're in sort of a floating city. So, again, back yeah. to your cloud minders. Yeah, which is why I went back to see if it was the same planet. Yeah. And it's why I think it, this is very much a remake. Obviously, more added into it, different Jeopardy, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's often in, in, like, Star Trek shows... Actually, that's what I liked about uh, Strange New Worlds thus far. It didn't seem to be too much... Okay, there was archetypes of episodes, so mm-hmm. like a starship down kind of thing. But there's yeah. no direct parallels like they did with Enterprise. A lot of the episodes were just versions of TNG or, yeah. well, or Voyager well, or whatever episodes. They've admitted, haven't they, the guys who were like the producers, Brannon and Braga, that they literally had burnout, on creative burnout. Oh, by yeah. Time Enterprise yeah. came around. For Enterprise, yeah. Doing the same thing. Well, that was Whereas it, like... Yeah, you never feel like, even if you can draw a parallel with another episode, you never feel like it's direct copy. Yeah. No. Like I said uh, the other week, it's that thing of 
there are certain storylines, like there's there's the disease storyline, there's the prime directive dilemma storyline, but it's it's how do these characters react to that and what are the what are the wrinkles that make it different, which is great. But going back to Enterprise recycling ideas for a minute, my favourite one is the the episode that René Aubergenoir appears in. And it's a straight rip-off of the DS9 episode Shadow Plagues. It's all, oh, it's a society and they're all holograms, but they don't know the holograms. And apparently René Aubergenoir, when he was on set, was saying, do you know we did this episode, like, in... Yeah, in season two, we, <laughs> nice. we we did this storyline, and they're going, "Oh, it'll be fine, it'll be fine." He's like, "Yeah, but you know, we uh, never mind." Which I just <laughs> love this idea that he's like, "You know what? I'll take the paycheck, but I've told them, yeah. I've done my bit." I've, you know, yeah, um, yeah. So that this ties into what you were saying, Elliot, about how like intelligent he is and everything. I get the impression maybe that if this thing is powered by his brain and his brain power, they need him to be super intelligent. No, I got the impression that it has to be a child because what she says is that this, what, how she describes it is, to Pike, is that the, their ancestors who created this machine that powers the city, yeah. the city they, they've lost all their scientific knowledge and the engineering knowledge. Yeah. They're living in a utopia... And everything's provided for them, but they have no knowledge how they get it. They can't repair the machines, build new machines. Mm-hmm. They've lost that. And she said, we don't know why, but it has to be powered by a child. Yeah. Not that it has to be an intelligent child. She just says it has to be a child. Mm-hmm. And we don't Wait, know just... why they did that. And the tragedy of this episode is that he's hyper-intelligent. Right. Because he's grown up on that colony. Which turns out it's the same race, why you can hook into the machine. But that colony has spaceships and they have things so they develop they have their development scientifically yeah. and mentally. I, I guess my but, assumption but was the kind tragedy of a... I think is he's the hyper intelligent one who could possibly work out how to do these things without the yeah. machine. And I, he I gets just... plugged into it and that's it, he's gone. I got the assumption it was a bit of both. That it's like, you know, even though they said it was the child which was important, the fact they were hyperintelligent, it kind of created an assumption with me. I must admit, it was an assumption, but that the hyperintelligence was part of the mix. No, all, all she's like, because how she describes it is that the other, other thing is that it has to be a child. Mm. But they never, I mean, to honestly, they never <coughs> really said one way or the other. His hyperintelligence, they like what you've uh, said makes sense to me that it's like they he might have been the solution in the future, but they yeah. didn't really follow well, that. I point. saw it as I saw that's yeah. how I saw it. I've seen it but as they, a tragedy of the episode, but I feel was. like they should have almost brought in why, like, you know, either highlighted that it's like, mm. well, if you let geniuses like this grow to maturity, they might figure it out, or they should have kind of gone along the route of the intelligence is part of why he has to be chosen. Yeah, it's almost like he was a prodigy, and it would have been better if they used that a bit more. Yeah. In the solution, yeah, I agree with that. You mean it's a bit like last episode where I had to have head cannon how uh, yeah. spoken to bring air move well, themselves. So I've head cannon this one. Well, it's like it, it sounds like me and Jim have head cannoned it one way and you've head cannoned it the other, yeah. but neither of which they really say it. Yeah, they're not, yeah, that's yeah, the great thing nice about head cannon. We can all do it, um, yeah. And sometimes, sometimes I must admit, it does feel Good they leave it open. With this, it feels like a missed opportunity. Yeah. 
Yeah, it does feel like it. Maybe it's like, a bit, bit like too... Like, if I'm right, it's a missed opportunity for a great tragedy mm. in the episode. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the episode's a bit too front-loaded, like we, we could have done to uh, spend a bit more time at the end with the, the ins why, and outs of it all. Why did it have to be him? Why, why, yeah. why was he picked as the... In all fairness, I don't want this episode to be sadder at the end. <laughs> no, I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? It's, um, obviously, Pike tries to to stop it, but gets overpowered and everything. And I think that's showing as a contrast, because if it had been the original series and it had been Kirk, Kirk had uh, somehow fought off all the guards and yeah. rescued the kid. And if there was an intelligent computer, he'd have talked it to death and... You know, he, slept with it? Yeah, Kirk would have saved the day in this situation, but yeah. but Pike yeah. notably doesn't, despite doing his best. And again, there is like the, the tragic element is that the kid's still down there being mind zapped, but they say, Well, you can't yes. take him out now because it'll kill him. So Yeah. Even the scene where they're plugging him in, where the woman's there and she goes, No, let him through, come on, let him see. Like she still yeah, doesn't she see shows what's him wrong with bo- what you're doing. Shows him the body. He's going to get it. Yeah. And then when he doesn't, it's only then when she gets the guards to pull him back. That's really nice, actually. But that that shows a difference in culture as well, doesn't it? That just because we see something one way, she sees it that this one child gets to do this great thing. They get to join with the computer and be part of everything. And to be fair, it also reminds me of um, Babylon 5, the guy in the planet. Yeah. Um, guy who powers the planet, the. Uh, oh. From Dylan's race, the. Yeah, the Mimbari. Ah, yeah. Mimbari, <coughs> I was trying to remember his name. Uh, begins with D. I can't, I can't remember. remember. I know the Zathros who works the with Zathros. Him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need to do a rewatch. You're not the one. Fight. <laughs> You're um, not the one, but you are the one. <laughs> yeah, but the. Not the one. The not thing the is. One. The kids, the kids willing to do it, and again, you can take that a couple of ways. You can take it as either he genuinely understands fully what's required of him and he's happy with it, or you can say, well, he's been brought up in a society and he's been conditioned to believe that. So, yeah, it, it is abusive. I, you know, the one thing I would have like, put into this, which I think they didn't. Now, which would have been a nice addition, is to sort of say what you're saying, Jim, about like the cultural differences. I think that would have actually been really nice to like look. If we're going to really be the federation, stick to these morals. That includes well, respecting someone's cultural differences, even if they're so well, foreign to us. Let's bear in mind this is before um, the prime directive. We mm. only have general order one at the moment. Yeah, but that's meant, like which was being rebranded to the prime directive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but that'll never catch on. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's, it's basically a prime directive by another name. And, and I feel yeah. like, again, that would have been a really interesting one to well, bring in. I do even, think... In fact, if they're, they're still on the road to becoming the prime directive, maybe in the exploration of that, it's like, well, look, General Order number one doesn't really say it's like, and then you could have had a conversation yeah. with him and Cap- Admiral Elliot, Admiral Elliot, Admiral April saying, um, well, you know, yeah, but it's the prime directive now, so you have to respect that. Yeah. I want to see like the advertising campaigns they do to to get people to stop saying General Order One and start saying Prime Directive, like two hundred and fifty million extra credits for the yeah uh, Federation Medical Corps <laughs> with the Prime Directive. It's the big rebrand, yeah. Um, I mean, they do touch on it a little bit because 
she she says, well, is the Federation any better? Like, can you honestly say that there's nowhere where children are suffering and a blind eye's not turned? And it's like, it's a bit of a, what do they call it? A straw man argument, really. It's like, yeah. It's yeah. a straw man argument. Like, well, okay, there might be a bit where kids are suffering unintentionally. But you've but... also got to ask, uh, like, this part where he's actually put into the machine isn't on show to the rest of the population. No, true. This is kept as a very private thing. So does the rest of the population not know what happens once he ascends and is being away? That would have been a nice ending if they exposed it to the rest of the population. Yeah. Like, it's not It's not the, yeah. these people. It's these people within this planet who are doing it. Yeah, and then... That they, would have been an interesting wrinkle. Then they can, you know, it's a, yeah, you could leave it as well. If you, enough... have room, you have the planet who <laughs> thinks, who are conditioned to cheer and think it's great that this child ascends and it happens. I don't know how often it happens, but... Yeah. And see, then, then does the child stop aging and all that, and it lasts for a hundred years? We don't know that, or or does the child last a year and it's replaced with another child? Yeah, like because then you could finish the episode on the note of, well, we didn't stop it, but because we've shown them it, if enough of the people don't want it, they will be able to vote against it, you know, and... Exactly, because I thought the hopeful ending they kind of went towards was the idea that the dad's now going to fight for, for the future kids. Yeah. But there's no real promise of, of a no. lot of hope there. That's a possibility more than a, a promise of hope. I think something like that, then they exposed them. So even though this kid got wired in the machine, I'd well, like a, a more definitive, well, at least we ended it in the future. It's sort of like, oh, well, we lost, yeah. That was kind of yeah, that, that that was it. It was a very flat ending. It was like... That's what probably lost me to the yeah, episode altogether. It's kind yeah. of, oh, he's dead. That's it. Nothing we can do. Off we go. And you're like, oh, you know. Let's have a, a lingering shot of yeah. sad Pike. Like, yeah, there could, have been, there could have been sort of five minutes less of other stuff in the show. Yeah. Um, just so, uh, not even cutting out a, a whole scene, just sort of shortening... A few yeah, yeah, they couldn't five. tighten it up, and it's one if of them. Like, didn't need five minutes. You probably do it in a couple of minutes. Yeah, like if this had been Picard, you'd have had Picard ruminating on it at the end, you know, and it, yeah. he'd have probably have had a chat with someone or he'd have made a speech. Kirk could have, or... Kirk have found some way to stop it. Yeah, Kirk could have stopped it definitely, but yeah, um, then... Jane Wade have exposed it to the population. Yes, instead of in the Prime Directive. Uh, Cisco and have probably just uh, fired a biological weapon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to kill children. I'll show you what killing children is. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and Mariner would have tried to save the kid and then end up exploding the planet. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, see so what they could have done. So again, I know we're getting into wild sort of speculation here, but you said about Cisco and his biological weapon, what they could have done is launched something into the planet that's made of lava to make it not into lava. Yeah. So they could have gone, right, you've got a solid planet now. You don't need to be floating up here. You can land all your cities. And, and a science answer. Yeah, Spock could have done something like that, but anyway. You see, I, I, I didn't, <clears throat> it's almost like, I'm not saying you can't have shades of darkness. I'm not saying you can't have the child dying, even though as sad as that is, or being wired into the machine. But I felt like I needed at the end of this, 
the sort of promise that they'd made a difference so this didn't happen and, next time. Otherwise, yeah. really, they've done nothing there. They haven't. That's no. the thing. It, it is the thing. Um, like, there's another thing when we keep, like we keep doing this and going like they could have done this, they could have done that to tie up the story. We do know that we're getting standalone episodes. Oh yeah, but. Yeah. There is an underlying story because we keep getting flashbacks to things that have happened in previous episodes. Yeah, yeah. At the start of the world. So it's quite possible in two or three seasons we'll be back at this planet. It is, but I feel like it still doesn't make this episode any more satisfying. No, it, it doesn't. ends the episode with them not having done anything, really. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I wonder if that's part of it because, like, as I say, if they are going to come back to it, which would make a lot of sense if they came back and there's another child about to be. It's like, mm. what, they're already dead? We were only here last year. So that would be interesting. And then something <laughs> happens with it. And the reason that this is probably, you can explain why this is left unsatisfying, is that they're so used to doing serialised Star Trek at the mm. moment, they're still getting into the standalone episodes that you've got to... Even if you're coming back to it, you've got to tie up the episode. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, honestly, for me, it really felt like just someone had the same going, ah, I'm going to end an episode where they lose. And won't that Which, be cool? again, just... that's fine. But, like you say, yeah, I don't think it has the emotional wallop it wants to. And yes. it, it does I was like, just I, peter that out. That goes back to why we have different views on the child thinking he was so intelligent that these little bits weren't explained. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could have landed a, a little bit better right at the end. So it does just feel like, oh, well, that was the thing that happened. What are we doing next week? Yeah. Off we go. And Exactly. You expect you expect better from your Star Trek crew to... We know what we're doing next week. We're doing fun with... Um... I'll take yeah. us. Yeah, okay, that's yes. what we're expecting. And you can take that <laughs> however you want. <laughs> well, any more on this one then, guys, before we wrap up? Um, no, just again, the, the individual scenes, the acting, and even the writing on the individual scenes was quite good. It's just the overall story, I think, I needed that bit more polish, a bit more stuff explained, and something they've achieved by the end. Yeah. Just otherwise, yeah. it becomes when you fight, when you realise that Indiana Jones doesn't do anything in like <laughs> one of the movies, you know, that thing which people talk about. Kind of feels like that, but it's more obvious they do nothing at the end so, Yeah. this one. This is what's interesting about doing these breakdowns of the episodes, because I came into this thinking that was a nigh-on perfect episode, and now I'm like, oh, actually, you make a good point. So. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to ruin it for you. No, it's not, not ruined it at all. It's, um, it's, that's, this is I why we're doing this. Like, I still enjoyed it as an episode, but I, I did. see how it needed a tie-up. Yeah. It, yeah. it needed that... Captain's log supplemental. A, a captain's yeah, a captain's log supplemental, and him lamenting yeah. on what the yeah. Captain's log supplemental. We made a bit of a tit of it, but you know what? I got my end away, and then <laughs> I mean, off we go. I was like, even the darkest, like one of the darkest episodes of DS Nine, uh, uh, Dance of the Devil in Pain, or in the Pale Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Where you know, you know, famously Cisco raised a glass at the end, and I can live with it because he sacrificed his own, his own um, moral, moral code as mm. as a uh, staff of the officer in the service of the greater good. Yeah. Now that's a tough moral choice, but at least he he achieved something big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is like that, but with no achievement. Yeah. And that just, yeah. 
Well, let us know what you thought of it. Um, we're at, at RetrekPod on Twitter. You can email us, RetrekPod at gmail.com. Oh, you can come and join us on the Facebook group. Just search for Retrek. Dr. Squee, what have we got coming up on the Dr. Squee show? Um, well, I'm in the middle of trying to land a few uh, interviews with some oh. documentarians. So I'm about Ooh. to have a lot of documentarian season. So there's one about Bitcoin, which I'm trying to sort out. One about someone making uh, an amazing uh, motorcycle journey across America. Cool. Um, <coughs> one with me sneezing. That's that's the lesson that's I documented. documentary, yeah. Um, and there's another one which I can't remember. But yeah, anyway, I've got some really cool documentaries I'm trying to work out. Um, this week we had a kind of fun one. I replayed uh, 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 an episode where I interviewed Kevin Hearn from the Bare Naked Ladies from early <laughs> lockdowns. Then been playing on radio. And I diced in like loads of music from him and stuff. So... Uh, I'm thinking of doing a few more of those with the episodes which have never been on radio, so they'll probably come up at some point. Cool, so check out the Dr. Squeeze show, and um, thanks for trekking with us this time. We'll see you next time on the Retrack. Thank you. Oh, and, and happy birthday, Jim, for this week. Oh, yes, it was my birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Surely the birthday.